How much time and money are you wasting in your contact center on quality assurance? Maybe more than you even know. Is AI the answer? Maybe not. Today, we're going to be talking about AI and how it can help agents with agent assist and how it can maybe help you save a lot of time and money with your quality assurance. All this and more on today's episode of Cloud Sherpa. Hey guys, welcome to Cloud Sherpa episode five. Today we're going to be talking with my buddy Joey Perez. Um, and we're going to be talking a little bit about call centers, but specifically, we wanted to talk about one of our particular vendors. And the reason is we typically do this what the AI segment. But today is all going to be about AI. So we're not going to do that segment, but we will jump in and talk about one of our vendors. But before I get to that, let me talk a little bit about AI in the contact center. Um, Joey, you probably have seen this over the years. We've had this evolution from call recording. In fact, Nice actually cut its teeth on call recording years ago. They were the big behemoth that would record for call centers that were running Avaya. And that kind of evolved into let's start picking out keywords. And now let's take those keywords and start tracking uh, customer sentiment analysis, not just hitting KPIs. And over the last two years or so, especially over the last year, We've seen this huge influx of AI coming into the contact center. And now we're seeing all these different tools that AI can do, and it's saving money and time for people. I want to talk about a company that we know very well in Dialpad. Dialpad just recently announced their Dialpad GPT, which I find interesting, right? course playing on the whole chat gpt name but yeah um, everyone's try, trying to grab some of that that clout while they can while the while oh, everyone's yeah. got the, the name in their mouth why not the, the one dude did dumb starbucks and made a sensation <laughs> out of it right yeah good point it's <laughs> a good point um so you're seeing a lot of that from a marketing standpoint guys that are using the gpt name but Dialpad's always been interesting because they have been really good at that transcription piece. And mm -hmm. if I can transcribe that call accurately in large language models, in these LMM models, if I can start getting all of that into a database, now I can get a little bit better on those keywords and then I can start figuring out how that customer sentiment is going based on not even just keywords, but also in inflections of the voice when volume goes up and things of that nature. Right. Yeah. 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 The emotion but, on the call. That's really, that is one of the most important parts to recognize as far as where to coach from too, is how that interaction happens and where the emotion spikes kind of determines effectiveness of someone on a roadmap. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about, your involvement in the contact center because you've been an agent before you've trained agents. Have you seen everything from 
how an agent is getting its their information on that call, have you seen that evolve over time? And have you seen some of the things that we're talking about that Dialpad's doing in particular start to effectuate the contact center in terms of maybe even reducing the amount of people I have on the back end tracking my CSAT scores. Yeah, that's a whole department, right? QA is been it's a lot of seats that people are paying licenses for that could really get outsourced to a robot instead of offshore or instead of here onshore and it being an entire department that in many ways is it's not being re replaced. I think the word you use is right, is effectuate the change in and some of the lack of adaptation to these technologies that have been out with the language that's being adopted by those of us in the industry and people shopping in the industry, they are are willing to now accept something because they see how much, say, for instance, chat GPT is being brought up. So what if GPT branding to it, they'll, they'll take to it more. And the point uh, to, to your question, my experience, I haven't seen it leveraged the way that it can be today. Very, very different from practicing, being a practitioner at that time. But during that time, which is, we're talking a little over a decade in direct sales, a good majority of that on the phones and in some capacity or another, either staying in a discipleship training mode, I'm training myself or training others and finding ways to help effectuate change on the floor. The different type of technology that's been available is at this point being so improved upon and bolted on to solutions that currently exist that I think it would really matter how much we can take advantage, like you mentioned, of the QA side of things where I have AI pulling out not just the keywords, not just the sentiment, not just the scoring, but also at how soon after I get this data from the AI side and I present it back to the business, can that effectuate the change for, say, the QA agent? Right. The manager that's actually take the, that's overseeing those agents to the human portion of that uh, process. If coaching takes too long to get to, then it certainly dies on deaf ears. And in the context of leveraging technology, what we see with, say, for instance, Dialpad from an internal perspective for just us, it already works great. Like you said, transcription is something that's massively important. To know yeah, what, I mean, what, we, we've been using Dialpad for a while now, and, and we use it internally as a unified communications platform, and it works great for that. Yeah, and, and this is new for uh, Dialpad. So we've seen demos, but we haven't seen a true making it dance scenario inside of a contact center. Yeah. And I'm curious how it's going to work because from a demo perspective, yeah, it looks great. I can force information from different areas while I'm on the call with that customer. I can make my AI go out and get me maybe competitive information because of what a customer's talking about. I think all that kind of stuff is good. And, and I think if we can set some parameters, keep it in a box where it gets information to the right people at the right time, I think all of that can be good. I guess proof is in the pudding, right? Yeah. We, we need to see dance. how well it's going to dance. Yeah. yeah. Um, we but we do hand. know just from our own knowledge and experience with the platform, it does have a wealth of APIs. You can connect to a lot of different software and different CRMs, different databases. The APIs are pretty put together and we've seen it dance in that perspective but I'm really curious to see how well it's going to help the uh, agent down the road. 
Yeah, I agree. From what I have seen, just from the perspective of use case as an agent, I would be delighted to, to be able to work in that capacity and be, lever- be able to leverage that way. This is also someone who decides to buy the Cadillac of a solution, right? And get, take all the bells and whistles. It's it, bells and whistles aren't bad when they work and you use them, right? A moonroof is wonderful on a car. If you use it, it's wonderful. Otherwise, yeah. what's the point? One thing that we got to see too was it pertaining to the LLM. Do you mind going ahead and going a little bit deeper on that? Like you, we, we talked about yesterday. So when you're talking about large language models, yeah. In the context of again AI leveraging this, you've you've been dipping your toe a little bit in this, in, into this as yeah, well. Yeah, so. I, I guess my concern is, and and I've had questions, and I've posed these questions to some of our vendors um, that are dealing with AI today in the contact center. But it's great that you can have an American accent versus a maybe an English accent both speaking English, but I've got a different accent. But now let's get even more granular. What about an LA accent, lower Alabama? That's going to be a lot different than my true Los Angeles accent or my New York accent. So when you start trying to, the, the models having to listen to the words and understand that there can be different ways to say that same word, but transcribe the same word for those different accents. It's going to be challenging, but it's also you're starting to build these enormous data centers, right? In order to hold all this data, because now the language models are not just however many languages I have worldwide. It's how many different dialects I have that of that language. Spanish being Puerto Rican is different. Right, it's yeah. different between us. Mexican right? talks different from Puerto Rican, and then I go over to Spain and Castilian, and even yeah. in Spain, northern Spain is different from southern Spain in, in the dialect. So that's where it's going to be interesting to me is to see how those models shape out, and if it's going to be cost effective. Because again, we're talking about enormous amounts of data, large data centers. There's a lot of power and cooling that has to go into that. I just read an article recently about how the water consumption at some of these data centers, environmentalists are worried about the water consumption because it's off the charts using all that water to cool these servers. Yeah. Hey, we want them all. We want all this electricity. It's got to go. Something's got to happen. Okay. But. Well, yep. that'll be another pot of coffee I think we need to have. You know, I think that this is also the, an op- optimal opportunity for us to address where, you know, the, how the values affect the way we make these decisions, right? As far as whether it's staff, whether here, if it's outsourced to a robot, it's, and then there's still some cost somewhere else. So the idea is to really leverage and count the cost and see how it is that we want to effectuate change moving forward because the technologies are going to be there. And I think that's what's the advantage of being able to stay a bit really biased toward how the solution is executed rather than the provider and th- that we get to play in the space. But then to see a provider that can actually provide this and then we see what's on the horizon, I think is what's brought Dialpad to the forefront for today's conversation. I think the when we talk about counting the cost, for me as a consultant and, and a tech advisor, I'm always focused on that return on investment and the total cost of ownership. Where it's going to be interesting is when we start comparing the error rate within the AI to the error rate of the human, 
and see which really is better because that AI could end up costing me a, a good bit. Let's say you're, the AI is a hundred bucks an agent and I'm already paying $150 an agent for my contact center software. Now I'm, it's 250 in per agent. When you start racking up those hours of how much it's really costing me per agent, is it really worth it when you factor in the error rate? Now, that aside, as AI gets better, I think that error rate drops and the ROI becomes even better for AI yeah. down the road. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. That's the point is you got to be patient and let that thing run its course, right? A good marketing program would still take a few months if it's a good one and you've been putting in the wrong input. Guys, like you can't have a years of abuse on your body and then think because you dieted immediately, you get some results, right? That's just the yeah. same idea. So in a way, you have to train the system to correct, course correct, and give your time, yourself time, course, time to course correct, excuse me. So it's a good point. I, th I think that too, bro, the, the area that we're starting to play in now opens opportunities for us to think about how we can serve our customer in ways that we wouldn't have been willing to try out, trying out these new AI tools. So could you, could we talk a little bit about what you've seen with the GPT side that's being brought out through Dialpad? As far as what I'm seeing right now, I think Dialpad, what, what's intriguing about Dialpad to me and then moving into this AI, because they've always been good at tracking, uh, th their transcription has always been one of the better ones out there on the market. When you're literally on a call, you can be in the platform and you see that transcription running real time. And if I'm a supervisor, it's cool because now I can see real time what's going on without even listening into the call or barging in or whispering or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But Tracking the sentiment is one thing, but where they're going with being able to call it Dialpad GPT now, and now I'm pulling information to to effectuate the call in real time, and then even scoring the call on the back end. Did the agent say this? D did they hit on this point? So I can put all these different parameters in the system and make sure that the AI is checking against those parameters. So then I don't even have somebody sitting on the back end, spending hours listening to calls. Um, Neek, is AI is not just the unified communications tool. They're not just the phone system itself, but it's also the AI and connecting to databases. So it, it becomes that full platform where I'm not having to bolt on a bunch of different things and try to make it all dance and work together. So that's what's intriguing to me about uh, Dialpad. And, and it'll be interesting to see how it evolves. But right now, I think they're leading the pack with unified communications platforms as far as being able to bundle all of that into one platform. And I'm not saying it's going to be right for everybody because you could be the type of contact center that needs to have very customized software. Maybe you want to build out your software in Power BI, and then you want to take a Twilio and start integrating Twilio into the contact center so I can make a dance with different homegrown applications and things of that nature.
the sky is the limit. It's just for most people, especially if you're under like 100, 200, 300 agents, something like a dial pad where it's got it all in one platform might be the right solution. Yeah, man. To your point, though, earlier, as well, as far as the cost per seat, the cost of ownership is what I think you refer to it as. It's something worth recognizing. Is it best to reallocate? And this is where sometimes those audits are important on the front end, figure out how you're misusing other technology that you have, or maybe not utilizing it to its potential without having to make it how you described it like was like a zappier type solution, right? Where I'm trying to bolt everything together, bring it all together. And then hope that because of the way that I brought it all together, they work and play nice on paper. That might seem right. But um, being able to trust that this, the technology solutions in this respect that you're dependent on are under one roof. That's what I think does make it powerful to see how this will evolve. And frankly, it's not like this is a sponsored spot, Right. We're just users of the platform. Keep our ear to the to the beat of what's happening and happen to see things that are happening in, in through Dialpad that right. uh, are aligning with how we would want to see things done overall, which is yeah, and, cool. And, and this is not sponsored. So thank you for bringing that up. But with regard to call centers costing it out, what I find interesting is if I can keep my software costs low, then it gives me an opportunity to maybe take that money and put it more back into my agent's pocket. Maybe I can pay my agent a little bit better, or maybe I can put training solutions in place to make them better on the call. There's really interesting ways that you can start utilizing those funds to make it where I end up having a much more efficient contact center, not just reducing costs, but also increasing efficiencies at the same time. Yeah, this is where it's important that as business people, we go back to a question that you were asked at one point pertaining to what business are they really in or are you really in, right? It's just very important to have that those moments of centering back on what it is that got us in business and who it is that we're actually serving. Because then you'll, again, you'll determine how those means will make sense for you. Sometimes yep. it's important to stick to your guns uh, and, and other and, and stay different in that lane that you've already created in your business. But man, if there was a time to leverage AI, it's right now. It's the, I think now would be the time to be early adopters and to set the pace where you can because yeah. there's so much that's developing. So to see again, someone be able to put that together under one roof, at least in this capacity, this could be a very good complement to what you, what else you're doing in business. Yeah. Like I said, I really like what they're doing and it's going to be interesting to see how they evolve until somebody else steps up to the plate with a full unified communications platform can pull all these pieces together with AI. There's a couple of guys out there that say they can do it. I would question that. I would um, love to see it. And this is where it's, I would even be open if one of these guys see that, or if you know of a company like that, you would recommend to us to get in contact with. I'd love to check it out. This is part of yeah, what we do as well. There's, there's a behemoth in the industry that I would say, no. Yeah. You know, so it, the, the thing is, you're seeing a lot of unified communications players take what they've always had and now they're calling it AI and it's not really true AI. So, yeah, there's a lot of marketing spin going on right now, and you've got to be yeah. able to wade through those waters. And that's really what we want to try to help our clients do. One thing to, to that point, as far as people rebranding, I think that this is where understanding some language like on that, if memory serves me right, 
Dialpad was it's cloud native. It was born in the cloud. It's not like they've developed this over time to try to keep up with the market. This is how they started too, right? Yeah, Dialpad was in, invented by Google engineers. So out of the box, it works really well with Google. And, and we found it because we had issues with one of the big behemoths that we were using in-house. Call quality sucked. Calls were dropping. I would literally uh, be on uh, conference calls. The entire conference call would drop. And it it's not my internet connection. I, I've got a gig internet fiber coming into my uh, home office. And when we're downtown, we're running on cogent fiber in our office in downtown. So it's not the internet. We tested all that. What we dug into and found was they were using a different type of codec than Dialpad was on the back end. And when we really started doing some testing, Dialpad just was more stable. It worked better. Does it have its issues? Sometimes, yeah. If we had a software update earlier in the year that I flagged Dialpad on, I said, there's stuff going wrong with this particular software update. Yeah, yeah. Hey, fix this. It got fixed, hey, fix but th things happen. Um, but we, we try to jump on them and try to fix them as soon as possible. With that said, we try to do our homework and understand what softwares are using, what integrations they're doing, codecs that they're using and things of that nature to make it a much better experience for the customer. But at the end of the day, it's just about doing your homework. Yeah. And the cost to doing the homework, how much time investment is that going to take you to figure that out? This is also part of the cost of ownership is the ownership of this idea and this project. All of it um, is something that ends up being something that you're responsible for leveraging when you're the one looking at the technology solutions for your business. At the end of the day, it's not just the project itself. It's the cost of time and energy and effort to really take all the demos. And so at times, it's just simple to be able to figure out, hey, these players are specified in this area. They might be able to offer these other offering service offerings within the solution. But if their bread and butter isn't in the areas that are most important to the project that you're currently handling and what is going to come after that, the strategy afterward, you could really set yourself up for failure. And some of us have found ourselves there by not planning this way out during the pandemic and the, scra the, the scramble that happened to just try to fix things. So hopefully yep. this will be a good solution to consider. And I, I do have this question for you just to ask about your bias, buddy. Is that big behemoth that you left to use Dialpad, the same one that you referenced earlier, or is, are those two different gorillas in the room? Same one. <laughs> it sounds a little personal, man. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I tell all these guys because to date we have, I haven't even done a count lately. It's six or 700 suppliers that we have access to in, in the portfolio today. It gives us the ability to be pretty agnostic in the sense of, it's not about our bias. It's about what fits well for your solution and what you're trying to do as a company. And so, look, I tell all of my suppliers, it's not baseball, right? Uh, I, I don't, I can't afford three strikes. And if if you're going to mess up, if I, I might give you a shot down the road if it's something that gets fixed, but if there's a systemic issue with a particular vendor. Or maybe we figure out that vendor doesn't work good with that software or whatever it is. We just cross them off the list. We just don't use them again. So we're, we're going to be much more focused on making sure that customer is 
using the right software so that we can keep them as a long-term customer and not worry about the, the how much money we make on the front end. Because let me tell you, the behemoths are offering a, a boatload of money on the front end to agents out there. And there's a lot of agents that are just taking the money and trying to provide better service by putting together professional services groups that are d- installing these solutions and trying to make it a better customer s- experience. But at the end of the day, it still sucks. And, and, and yeah. I'm telling you right now, because customers have to be aware of the type of agents out there that are selling on what we call spiffs, money that's thrown at them on the front end to make that sale. That's why you go to our website. You're not going to find anybody's um, logo on our website. Um, I, I forbid any logos being on there because we don't want to be perceived as having any kind of bias in this because we don't. You, yeah. I think you'd be hard pressed to say if you know what spiffs are even out there because I don't let you guys know. No, yeah, I like I can say that with a clear conscience. I don't personally know, and it's something that as a direct sales guy in my previous life, I I certainly was incentivized by, but it's a lot different working on this side of consulting and it also makes it more refreshing and being able to really have almost candid sometimes uncomfortable conversations cuz we've run into this before where it becomes a people problem halfway through it. And that becomes the reason why it's only a consulting on the front end. Maybe that makes the most sense. In in discovery of the technology solutions, we find the people problem and that takes priority. And at least you walk away with a roadmap and some confidence that this is still the direction I need to head and the problems I need to address. It's nothing. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I actually would like to take a moment to talk about the, a slight shift to this because here's the thing, too, to your point about not being uh, biased. One thing that I challenge with that as your friend and as your colleague in business is that the bias that we do have, what's the real catch? The catch is that at our loss at times, we will absolutely tell somebody what's wrong. It's a people problem. It's actually not us. Here's some of the issues. We can recommend even some other companies that can come in and effectuate change specifically to those areas. But that's where I think the clear conscious of not being spiff bound, especially by the guys who are willing to throw big guys who are throwing good money for their name to stay household, right? Dialpad, for instance, wasn't a household name that some people weren't even aware had meetings, right? That which they rebranded from another, another name before. But it's still, it's a great platform for video conferencing and not nearly as mentioned as many others. So with the transcription and you think of all the other things that are a part of it. So what I do want to wrap this back to is for people who are currently not getting that great level of service from some of these providers who they think because they have a big name, say, for instance, you have an AWS or Azure or something you're dealing with and not getting good support, like contact us. There are ways that we know to help you get a tier one, tier two support, same billing, but give yourself the freedom of having good service with the good money that you're paying to get these these solutions to work for your business. It's not always necessarily ripping and replacing for some new provider. If, if it's somebody like the guys that I've, I've mentioned and you just need more support, call us. We'll be happy to help you find some. Uh, some yeah, and, uh, and that's why support. we wrap. Number one, we're wrapping on the uh, front end of our solutions auditing that goes into trying to figure out what, how much are you really spending per employee on that software so we're going to audit everything. We're going to audit your telecommunications spend as well as your network spend, what you're spending maybe on other cloud solutions, and then try to figure out locations where you've got a DSL circuit that never got turned down 
or a cable circuit that you're still paying for two years after the contract was up and we can prove that there's no traffic on that circuit. We can go back and recoup uh, money and we put 75% of that money back into the client's pocket. So if we find $100,000 in savings, you know, client's getting 75 grand, we're getting 25 grand and it pays for us doing the work on the front end, but the client gets a bunch of found money that they didn't even know that they had. Mm -hmm. And now they can use that money to put toward other services. Yeah, And then like you're talking about with AWS, GCP, Azure, if you're sitting there on the phone all day long and you're not getting uh, the support you need, we can flip your billing over to one of our, what we call technology solution distributors or a TSD. Our TSD will run that billing through and uh, no change in your platform. You don't have to move any data. You don't have to migrate anything. You just give us the bill. We flip the billing over to run through our TSD. And now you get free tier one and tier two support. And they give you Cloud Checker, which is NetApp's cloud orchestrator and software that you can manage all of your cloud applications through. They give you all that free of charge. It's a no brainer. So yeah, there's a lot of ways that we can dig into how do we help the client just put together a much more cohesive and just a leaner and meaner organization? Yeah. Yeah. And what's the, what's in it for us? Helping, helping you figure out mm -hmm. what solutions have you made that were good investments that we can still utilize today. What you have is just what you need might be the support. So what happens? You flip billing. It's the same bill. How do we win? We get to help. Of, by helping us keep the lights on in this way, where it's not even like I got to introduce a new technology. Really what I'm right. doing is introducing better support for what you've already paid for, right? Is then how else can we help? If it's a people problem, then we can talk to some of the recruiting agencies that we know that can help come in and do some consulting around the people problems. There's a wealth of information that we can help our clients tap into. Yeah. And this is, I think, the benefit of being on the procurement side is not being married to per se the technology. Even the methodology mm -hmm. has changed. So the context of not being married to the technology, but how it serves as a solution and can we use it in the way that I'm thinking about it yep. is why these strategy sessions are so invaluable. So look, in the interest of time, we'll wrap this conversation up. But again, Dialpad, great solution. We, we like the way that they're going and the way that their software is evolving, still remains to be seen with the AI stuff and where it all goes, but it's not necessarily going to be the right solution for your company. So look, call us. If you've got questions, we can always engage the engineers, help you design the solution, help you figure out what the right uh, solution providers are so that you can put together a better roadmap and understand what that roadmap is going to look like for the next five years, 10 years down the road. But nevertheless, good discussion about Dialpad. Yeah, I'm grateful for it. And I'm looking forward to seeing how AI is going to help improve as opposed to take over the universe and turn into Terminator. I think we'll be all right, all right. for a while, guys. Let's enjoy the ride and uh, make it better for our customers and our agents in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, God willing. Yeah. But until then, next episode, we'll look forward to seeing you guys. Luke 923. So how much time and money are you wasting on quality assurance in your contact center? Maybe more than you even know. Today, we're going to be talking about artificial and...